Hey, it's my life. I'm Stefan, and you're listening to the show that's all about me, you, and the world around us. Plus, I'll sprinkle in a few of the stories from my life. Sit back and enjoy this episode. We're going to talk about how the coronavirus has affected farms across the country, and it's just, it's just not right what is happening. Plus, more about the Bill Gates and the Event 201, or they call it Event 201, that simulation done just months before the real thing happened. Is that coincidence? Hmm, we'll investigate. And lastly, how a trip to the local Dollar General reveals how civilized people really act when stuff hits the fan. All this and more wrapped up into what I like to call episode number four. So buckle up, sit back, and enjoy. everybody it's Stefan welcome to this week's episode this week's listen to me today's episode um, we got a lot to, to discuss we have uh, some things that really really struck a chord in me when I was watching some of the newscasts yesterday and that is the fact that local farmers and farmers across the country are dumping their products I mean literally thousands and thousands of gallons of milk they're dumping because the the orders aren't there uh, a lot of them had uh, relationships and orders for, you know, from restaurants that have closed, have since closed, and they're just not able to ship it. And it, they can't keep it. That's the problem when you have, uh, you know, a product or, a, 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 you know, whether it's fruit and, ve- fruit and vegetables or if it's dairy, it can't stay on the shelves. So they're having to dump it. And then I, I also, I, I was reading an article and because I wanted to dig a little bit more into this. It's just despicable. I mean, it's just, I don't know, and and despicable may not be the right word. It's depressing. Maybe that's a better word, depressing. It's depressing to know that we have millions of people that are always looking for food and that you have a lot of farmers, big farms. These aren't like little guys with a couple acres or, you know, a couple hundred acres. This is like thousand acre farms that are doing a ton of production and but they've geared their production towards kind of wholesale and and more restaurants so all of their production mechanisms like if they if they making if they're making cheese for example they'll make the big round uh cheese you know um i don't know what you call them you know what i'm talking about the round cheese not balls i don't want to say balls wheels that's what they are cheese wheels they'll make the big round ones for restaurants and they'll package them differently well the problem is if you try to, if all of a sudden all, a lot of those orders go away, I'm, I'm talking thousands of orders go away for those cheese wheels, you can't recondition your production facility fast enough to change it for 
consumer and, and retail use. I mean, there's different packaging that has to go with it. There's, you know, different sizing that has to go with it. Sometimes we're talking about different bags. I mean, like just shredded cheese. If you're a company or let's say you're, you're, you're part of a company that makes these big cheese wheels, you can't just re, repurpose a lot of your equipment to make shredded cheese that you have to package in eight ounce bags. It just doesn't happen. So, I mean, you're talking about millions of dollars to, to do that, um, and it's just not possible in the short time span that, that we've all had. So it's, oh, it's, it's, it's depressing. It's frustrating. I know if you're watching what I'm seeing with the guys that are dumping the milk, I mean, they're just going into the compost piles. The milk's just flowing into the compost piles. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, thousands of gallons of milk. And then they're talking about strawberry farmers, too. Strawberry farmers basically having to let the strawberries rot on the plant because they don't have the ability to process it and get it into the restaurants or or wherever they're selling it. Um, They don't have the ability to do that, so they have no choice but to let it go. I'm dumbfounded. I'm I, I'm sure they're trying to do creative things to help end consumers, but I'm just dumbfounded. I mean, they're kind of strapped because in one regard, you have a, a, a different set of rules for retail consumption and, and processing and, and manufacturing for, you know, those those products. And then you have another set of rules for wholesale and, and trying to work those out when one revenue stream really dries up, you know, like the wholesale has really dried up. And now you've got to, got to convert all your processes and systems for retail. It just doesn't make sense financially. So, you, And in the meantime, you have this product going bad. I mean, it, it just it can't sit forever. So it's just one of those depressing things that you see. It, it's rarely covered. I, I saw it yesterday. It was like newscast after newscast about the farmers. And I just thought, what a depressing side effect of this whole quarantine slash coronavirus slash um, let's shut everything down and stay at home. And, and I mean, I get it from a health standpoint, but how crushing a blow is it for farmers and those folks who are who and, and I heard one guy mention, you know, it's, it's sad to watch what you've, you've produced and what you put together and, and you've watched it grow and you're ready to harvest it and give it to the public and you can't. And you end up having to destroy it because that's the rules. That's the guidelines, you know. So I, it's just depressing. So, you know, we're, I don't know what can be done. Maybe there's some creative solutions out there and I'll dig a little deeper. But I just, I thought that was a huge story to talk about today was the, the idea that all this food is just going, going to waste. Um, you know, it's just, it's just depressing deeper i was gonna say despicable but nobody's doing anything so it's not despicable but depressing it is definitely depressing you know what else is depressing you know i there are a lot of businesses right now that are hurting really really hurting some don't even know if they're gonna make it to the next month the the stimulus bill that was passed i i know businesses myself that haven't received a dime a dime and then there's a couple videos, or there's more than a couple, but there's several videos out there that are talking about the whole idea of that $10,000 grant and how the, the, the Small Business Administration is interpreting the stimulus package differently. I caught wind of that video and I thought, 
Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? So there was a letter by Congress sent to the Small Business Administration to say, no, this is a requirement. But they haven't been doing that. They've been processing it as a request. So that's the problem. So now you have a problem with just language. And, and you, let's face it, when they do these bills, they make them very complicated, make it legally. You have to be a lawyer to read these things and understand the nuances of, you know, putting that document together. And I, I'm, I think I've done a rant on that before, but I just get sick of seeing legal documents where you have to, it takes a PhD to figure it out. So anyway, I, there's, there's another depressing thing about this whole uh, coronavirus and this whole quarantine. Um, and it... You guys are going to get blown away. Remember yes, I, yesterday I was talking about the previous episode, episode three, I was talking about Bill Gates and the connection with the World Health Organization. And then that they were doing this mock pandemic kind of kind of preparedness scenario. It was called Event 201. Event 201. Look it up. It's for real. You're going to be blown away when you're going to. First of all, it's going to shock you when they were doing this. And then what happened after they did this? We'll have a little bit more of that right after this break. I'm, I'm not kidding. You guys are going to be shocked. Welcome back, and let's talk a little bit about the coronavirus some more. Um, and we're going to talk about Bill Gates and Microsoft and the World Health Organization. But, you know, I did a little digging yesterday, and I said, wait a minute, let me, you know, what is this this event, this preparedness event that they were talking about? Well, it was called Event 201. Event 201, that's what it was dubbed. And it was a simulated virus called CAPS, uh, the, the virus. This was, this was a drill that was put on, I believe, let's see if I can figure this out. Okay, here it goes. Um, new York City. Okay, a group of public health experts gathered in New York City for a simulation. When did they gather? In October of last year, uh, 2019. So a group of experts gathered together to simulate a virus, a pandemic that was going to spread throughout the world. And they were going to basically simulate, are, are we prepared for it? Is the world prepared for it? What, what recommendations could we come out from this specific preparedness scenario that we could recommend to countries and governments and everything else? This was in October of last year. Okay. Event 201. Look it up. I'm not kidding you. So this was put on. The Centers of Disease Control and Prevention said it was preparing for a coronavirus pandemic. Okay. It was a hypothetical. It's a hypothetical. Okay. Um, and this hypothetical had a simulated virus called coronavirus associated pulmonary syndrome. What? You mean you had a mock scenario about a pandemic that hit the entire world. You were, you were doing a preparedness um, event exercise. And, I, you know, I, I grew up in the military, so I know about exercises. You go out and you practice what possibly could happen. But a lot of times it 
doesn't happen like immediately after the exercise in which you're preparing that particular thing for. It doesn't happen like immediately, like right after it. Okay, these guys simulated an event that was very similar to what actually occurred literally two months later. Is that coincidence? I, look it up. Event 201. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty scary. I mean, it's pretty scary to know that they were preparing or they were doing a simulation prior to what actually happened two months later. And now we're all dealing with it. So the, this, the, this particular scenario, this event 201, the scenario ended after about 18 months. It, you know, they were mocking it up. They were saying it ended in about 18 months with 65 million people dead. Okay, wait a minute. Huh? 65 million people dead in the scenario. Could that scenario and that exercise and that event that they did been the, the, the catalyst that drove a lot of the fear into the coronavirus and, and the situation we have right now? Could that have led to what we have right now? I don't know. Something to think about. The Event 201 website sums it up that this state of the pandemic, a year and a half in, um, that's, that's what would have happened. 65 million people did. 18 months. Okay. Okay. So, and, and this article says... Well, the event wasn't a predictor of what was going to happen. It was just a simulation to see if if the world was prepared. And they came out of this this event with several recommendations to governments and countries and everything else. Those recommendations are, are some of the recommendations we have used and in, in, in our administration and other countries have used within the past few weeks, within the past few months. Scary, right? Scare. I mean, I'm just so Bill Gates, World Health Organization. You've got this event. John Hopkins University is a part of this, and it's an event called Event 201, which simulates a pandemic called CAPS Coronavirus Pulmonary. And I, I told you what it was. And and then two months later, we actually have it. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So don't take my word for it. Just look it up on the internet. Look it up on the web and you'll see articles. Legit articles. Not not from, you know, kooky websites and all that other good stuff. I'm talking about literally serious mainstream news media outlets did these articles. And nobody, I didn't hear about it. Nobody heard about this stuff um, in October. I wasn't even paying attention in October to this. No, nobody was. Um, and then two months later, it happens. It literally happens. Not to the exact degree, but very close. That, my friends, is very scary. So, I mean, just unbelievable. Amazing. Um, and speaking of amazing, I had a recent trip to the Dollar General, pick up a few items, and I was stunned at what the cashier was telling me about what was happening at our local Dollar General. And um, I'll have more about that right after this. So 
So speaking of amazing, I are stunned, actually. Um, uh, welcome back. You're listening to Hey, It's My Life. And I'm Stefan, your host. And uh, this final segment, I just want to say I took a, a trip to I haven't been to the store in almost probably a week and a half. OK, it's been a while. Uh, but I went to the local Dollar General and I didn't wear I didn't wear a mask. I wear my buff. I like my buff. Um, it's I kind of use it for hunting and, and everything else. But I was stunned to find out um, as I was at the Dollar General, um, the cashier was talking to another person and saying she hopes she doesn't have to contact the police again when they come and unload the trucks. And I thought, well, that was kind of weird. Why would they need the police to unload the truck? So I, when I go up to pay for my items, and I didn't get that many items, just a few items, um, I did ask her about hand sanitizer, just you know, spit, you know, shoot, shooting in the wind, just spitballing, um, just see if maybe they had it. No, and nobody's carrying it, and that's just the way it is. So um, I asked her about the whole police comment. Like, what, what did you mean when you said, I hope you didn't have to call the police when the truck comes? She says, you won't believe how many people are trying to grab things off of the truck before it's even unloaded. I said, what, are you kidding me? She said, no, people are literally trying to pay for things as they're unloading it off of the truck. They're trying to grab and, and grab the items that they need. And then some of them are paying for it. Others are just trying to grab it. I thought, oh my gosh. I would have never have thought in our little podunk town, um, and it's not even a town. I mean, I, I mean, it is a town, but very small. I wouldn't say podunk. That's not that's not a good word, but it's a very small town. Very small town, um, and I wouldn't have thought in our small town that people would do that. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. There's plenty plenty to go around, and if there's not, you know, well, people are nice. They'll you know, be respectful. But to have to call the police when Dollar General is unloading their truck because people are grabbing items off of the truck before they're even before they're even inventoried at the store is just crazy. And it just goes to show you that sometimes when things hit the fan, some people, no matter how well mannered they are, just lose it. They just they freaking go crazy for just I don't know it's like a bolt's loose and they just snap you know so I just you know I understand this quarantine the coronavirus it's 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 grating on a lot of people you know I keep hearing reports about yeah, parents don't know what to do with their kids at home and they can't wait to go back to work and I just think oh my gosh that's bunk I, I would love it if my kids were at home not you know all the time but I'd love it if had the opportunity to be with them and spend a lot of time with them is what I mean um, but I just, you know, I find it odd that people can't find things to do. And we have a ton of stuff to do here on the farm. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm about to go do something right now. I got to take the carburetor out of the lawnmower because we got to take that and take it to the guy who's trying to fix up our other riding lawnmower. We got riding lawnmower issues here at the farm. So anyway, um, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, like, share, subscribe. You know, send me a comment. Actually, on Spotify, you can actually, no, not Spotify, on Anchor, you can actually send messages to the podcast. So, guys, I'll be more than happy to listen to you and uh, put you on the podcast episode. Until the next time, stay safe, 
stay alive, stay coronavirus free, and uh, I'll see you. I'll see you then. My name's Stefan, and I'm out. <laughs>